0: A global pandemic forced us to close the labs and pause experiments. But for our lab, science has always been about building community. So today, we're chatting with fellow researchers about their experiences in lockdown. I'm Andrew Pelling, and you're listening to Times.
1: Coming to you live from my living room, I'm Nikki McGilliver, your host on this beautiful day. And today, we're speaking to a bone-growing PhD student in the lab, Maxime Leblanc-Latour. Welcome, Max.
0: Hi, Nikki. Thanks for having me.
1: So you're a fourth-year PhD student. How has your journey developed at the Pelling Lab?
0: Uh, I've been here with Pelling Lab since last year of bachelor's degree. So I've been there for almost seven years now, uh, counting one year on master's and right now in my fourth-year-ish PhD. I uh, was hoping actually to finish this summer, but with alls going on, uh, that's been pushing it. So I'm doing uh, research on biomaterials for uh, bone tissue engineering.
1: Yeah. How are you specifically looking to use these plant-based scaffolds or more? What are the different elements of your thesis?
0: So, well, it's kind of divided in three uh, sections. So uh, before I entered the uh, grad school with Andrew, um, Andrew and a couple of his students developed this biomaterial made of uh, plant-derived cellulose. And this biomaterial is really porous, depending on the source of plant or fruit that you use. And if you look closely at uh, an apple, it quite matches the structure of a trabecular bone. So it's porous and it's not homogeneously, but quite distributed. So we had this idea of, hey, can we match the environment of a bone and throw bone cells in them? And that's what we did. We, uh, on the first section of my my research, is we hypothesized that uh, an a plant derived or an apple derived s- scaffold can host uh, bone cells for bone uh, uh, bone differentiation, bone regrowth, and then try to fine tune it with either bioprint or dissolve it in some way and control the pore size and everything. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at right now and, uh, hopefully get back soon to get some data on that and finish.
1: Mm -hmm. And speaking of finishing, how do you feel now that we don't have access to the lab and obviously it's going to put a delay on all of our research?
0: Uh, well, um, There's nothing much I can do, actually. Uh, Well, I guess my attention now is on writing, uh, which in a sense is easier to focus writing when when you're at home. But uh, yeah, just have to uh, work with it, I guess.
1: Are you in the process of doing any data analysis right now?
0: Uh, Yeah, I've done some uh, imaging analysis that I've acquired before everything happened. Uh, some force analysis as well, um, force testing. But yeah, uh, now I'm still missing some data, but I, I need an actual microscope and lab to acquire them. So
1: You sound so carefree. You're like, I, yeah, I'm missing some data, but I'll take it day by day. And that's exactly the energy we should have right now. But with that, are you feeling any kinds of anxieties at the moment?
0: Uh, no, I'm not anxious. Uh, like you said, I just go with the flow and day by day, uh, trying to not follow the news because numbers and that's my personal opinion, but every time I turn on the news is like, Oh, well the curve is flattening and blah, blah, blah. And the next day you get like twice as much cases and everything. So I don't really care about the the numbers, but I'm not anxious as well. Um, more anxious. I'll say of my maybe my uh, parents or my uh, girlfriend's parents getting it because they're a bit older and uh, but besides that just waiting for everything to get back to normal
1: yeah and those fears exactly are why it's important that we're all properly self-isolating did you ever think that this degree of self-isolation would actually affect your work to this capacity though
0: uh, well, at first, it, it reminded me of the SARS epidemic, because my um, members of my family work in the in the medical industry. So uh, at first, I, I was like, oh, this might be stopped in like big cities like Toronto, Montreal, and in six months, we're, it will be memories. Uh, but as things moved, and I started that, to see that it was different, it really kind of shocked, not shocked me, but like I'm like, hey, this is way different than than ten years ago. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, this has affected a lot of people's long-term career goals. Did you have a set in stone career plan beforehand?
0: Nope. <laughs> no. Um, I'm still figuring out, and I guess that's great having time alone. I want to have a career in like in science, but then as a scientist per se. So I can think of maybe different routes that I can try but yeah now i'm in the gray zone i don't know
1: (laughs) (laughs) that gray zone is so pesky i feel like being in grad school you're like constantly coming in and out of it like should i be a prof should i do this i don't know but now that you do have more time alone do you find that you're more or less productive
0: uh less productive uh yeah not that it's hard to concentrate but i mean there's so many distractions Uh, i try to focus on blocks of hours so doing a task for one hour then another task for one hour and then so keeping that time schedule really helped me Uh, but definitely i'm less productive
1: but i'm sure your son has been a positive and cute little distraction though
0: yeah yeah absolutely that's uh i guess that's the only great advantage of a quarantine I'm stuck with my uh, almost a year old son. Yeah, almost, uh, almost walking now. So, uh.
1: Yeah, I love that you get to have more time to spend with him and your girlfriend. And a lot of people say that quarantine has had them feeling lazy. Do you have that luxury as a parent?
0: It's, it's hard to be uh, quote-unquote lazy uh, with a kid like you're force, your force, forced out of bed uh, every morning. And uh, like maybe when he goes to sleep, we try to have times for uh, ourselves, my uh, girlfriend and I, uh, so I guess that's the time I'm lazy.
1: And how's the rest of your family coping with not seeing him? Are they video chatting with him at all?
0: Yeah, every day, yeah. They used to see him pretty often, so.
1: I'm sure they really miss him.
0: Yeah, a lot.
1: Hopefully they'll see him soon, and I'm just happy that we live in a time where video calling exists. Thank you so much for being a great guest, Max.
0: You're welcome. Very welcome.
1: Enjoy your son's first steps. At least quarantine is affording you that. That was our episode for today. Keep checking back for more episodes on how our lab is dealing with isolation.